Dr. Rawlings is an American cardiologist who wrote a book about his interviews with people who he had resuscitated. His focus was on those that apparently had experiences so horrible that unless he talked to them within a very short time, their memories would block out the horror of what they had experienced. Though some came back from their out-of-body experiences with no such dread, many had experienced what hell was like. Today's Life Journeys podcast is going to be an unsettling one. It is a prophetic call to prepare for what lies ahead. Pastor Hardika notes that the intention of this podcast was to talk about great grace in the face of a great threat. Instead, the Holy Spirit has sent the following warning. Dr. Rawlings said that most people who come back during resuscitation complain of pain in their chest from the tremendous beating that can break bones and even crack the sternum. But some were overcome with a different tone indeed. Some were brought back several times and would be heard to say, Don't send me back there. Please don't send me back. What he found was that they had gone to hell, and the horror of it was so traumatic that its memory would be blocked by the brain's so-called emotional protection circuit to keep them safe. I remember a sermon I preached about hell one day that was particularly personal in depiction, and I was extremely surprised to hear a teenager say that it was the best sermon he'd ever heard. To me, the very thought of hell is incredibly frightening. It's so beyond the comprehension of many people that they refuse to believe in its existence. Others claim not to believe in God because of the Bible's claims about hell. It's eternal. Its suffering is beyond horrifying, so much so that its pain is far beyond what the human body could endure for even one second. Our minds cannot contain its emotionally catastrophic encounters. My mother said that as a young Christian, she had a foretaste of heaven and a foretaste of hell. But she never spoke of it, and to this day I wish I had pressed her about it. However, it was never talked about. Yet one thing I have learned is that when anyone talks about having experienced it, or when they preach about it, to fully digest the reality of an eternal hell without the overwhelming support of God's love alongside could be described as nothing less than criminal abuse by the world. Some who have encountered such an afterlife experience have waited months or years to even speak about it. As one called into pastoral ministry for nearly 40 years, I can tell you that an evangelist who preaches the depths of hell without also preaching the heights of God's grace can leave a minister with a lot of damage control after they leave. Having said that, I will also say that America needs the mental-emotional train wreck called the Hell Sermon. She has become so hard-hearted, so callous to God, and is on such a plunge into immorality that only a dose of eternal death is left to wake her up. And sadly, much of the church in America needs the same spiritual scourging. One leader of a mainline national denomination recently announced that she believes hell must be empty. Sleeping churches have emboldened sinful lifestyles denied the existence of hell, and put the collective conscience of our nation into a coma. And since it's so, God has no other choice to save those who have not gone past the point of no return. He's going to bring this country to its knees. 
For several years now, I've realized that Satan has drawn a line, not in the sand, but in the cement, and he has said, I am here, and there's nothing you can do about it. I've come to normalize immorality in your nation. It's my doing, and I'm unstoppable. But God's about to cross that line. He's about to bury the foot of the cross in the heart of America. Only those wholehearted Christians with the faith that God himself brings are going to step up, for that cross is the one that Jesus has called us to bear. And in case you didn't hear me clearly, the only way America is going to see God again, the only way revival will be released is through Christians who are willing to take up the cross and not love their life unto death, as Jesus said. Just as the devil has drawn a line in the cement, so Christians are going to have to draw a clear line. Christians who are still trying to expose liberals are going to lose. We're called to love them and win them, not to win a political, ideological battle of social or economic justice against them. The smoke of hell is coming up from the cracked foundations of our nation, and unless we take up the cross and forget about trying to get our country back to where it was and instead set our sights on eternity, it's all over. Election integrity won't save a nation that's souring in sin. We can't vote the smell of our immorality out, nor can the Supreme Court legislate it out. The nations must be convinced of the gates of hell, and only the courage of the martyrs is going to accomplish that. I started writing this message to stand up for the much-needed message of grace that is going to be needed when people face the decree of heaven determined upon our country. But God led me in this declaration instead, and my spirit is wet for two days now. Until our churches and our Christians and our citizens experience the threat of hell taking a firm grip on their doorsteps, on their families, and on their very lives, they will not seek the grace that God's love affords us. But let me tell you, when you are struck with even the possibility that you could be in hell tomorrow— your chest will tighten, your mind will spin with fear, and the fear of the Lord will bring you to your needs as you cry out for God's mercy and grace. It's coming. To many, it must be said, you don't believe it yet, but when it arrives, you're going to desperately reach out for God's grace and hope, or you'll blame someone else. If you cry out against the injustice done to you and your nation, you're going to get hardened, and you're going to cement your destiny with hatred. This is not a time to seek what you deserve. To do so betrays unbelief. This is a time to understand that the refiner's fire is your wake-up call, and all of the hard times you've had have included God's gracious hand to wake you up to the need to surrender all to Him and to learn to find your joy in God's presence alone. While the church has been demanding their right to assemble, God has been exposing its desperate need to get alone with Him until nothing in this life mattered but His life in us alone. You see, those that have seen the liberal left and have become more angry than compassionate are those who have already lost their liberty. No matter how loudly they cry out, our national liberty is being taken from us. No man can take the liberty of the Spirit from those crucified with Christ.
Eight years ago, the Lord gave me a vision of coming revival. I was told that this time we have now, this time in which we're living is a time of preparation and purification for the coming revival. The price of this revival is your life. The reward is his life. But people haven't heeded it. Even I didn't understand it like I should, and God cut me off to set me apart. What people today still don't understand is that the price of this revival is our life the way we've known it, never coming back, and it's okay with us. The way your life was will never come back to America. God is using this time of being cut back to draw us near to Him, to set us apart from the world that we have compromised with, and to learn to find our joy and hope in His life and His presence alone. All of the props we've leaned on are being kicked out from us so that we'll seek Him like a dying man flees from the probability of hell. Finally, finally, here's the grace. The hard things that have shaken us and will shake us harder are in the hands of God. He is still in control of it. He has let the devil loose, just as he said in Revelation that he will allow. You see, that book is our blueprint for battle. God is not against you in the hard times we're in. They are not a message to you that God hates you and is working to destroy you. Who God loves and who he intends to use for his glory, he chastens, refines, purifies, and then empowers. True power from above will only come with true passion for the life of God above every other passion. This is the message of life journeys that seeks to make sense out of the hard times in our lives. God is not willing that anyone should perish, so we can take heart. Someone once said to her sister in a Nazi concentration camp, no pit goes so deep, but that God's grace goes deeper. Now is the time to let him reduce us, until all that we have left, is love.